0: All right, welcome to the Nobles U podcast. My name is Mike Kalen. Thanks for listening, and we're glad you're with us. Uh, I'm the director of teaching and learning here at Nobles, and I'm going to be your host today. Uh, first question to answer is, what are we doing? What's up with the podcast? Uh, through the podcast, we're hoping to speak with many faculty and staff members all involved with our work related to teaching and learning, academic technology, DEI culture and practices, social-emotional learning, and much more. Our faculty and staff here have a ton of expertise in a wide range of subjects. And through the podcast, we're hoping to hear from them as a path for learning and growth, uh, particularly in the education sphere. So today we're super pumped and thrilled to have Dan Halpern on the podcast. Uh, dan's been the director of theater since 1999 here he's head of our performing arts department for the past 15 years and he's also recipient of the Kellenbeck chair in recognition of his commitment to service to nobles and his relationships that he forms with students so dan welcome to the podcast
1: thank you appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity
0: All right, let's do it. So the first question comes a little bit from my perspective. I'm I'm in the athletic world. I coach uh, JV basketball here. Um, But one of the things that I've observed is that many students come to Nobles, and even if they're not initially interested in theater, they end up very much finding their home there. And so one of my curiosities is just what's going on that makes the theater so unique at Nobles, and what are you doing that are helping students thrive in that sphere?
1: There are a limited number of ways that students can participate in big, intense, challenging, high level afternoon programs without previous experience and and expertise prior to arrival. So I think we're we're one of those spaces, one of those places. um, and and can offer kids a home to do really special things, even if they didn't kind of come in, um, recruited for that or, or, or super interested in that. Uh, we're also a place outside of the mainstream culture in the sense that even when we have 75, hundred kids working in theater in a winter season between Middle school play, technical theater, pit band, cast of the musical—you still have five hundred plus who are going down to the Mac, the rink, etc. And so, if kids are looking for something different, we're here for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also are a place. Where artists, even if they didn't come in as, you know, theater artists or if they just have like an inclination toward the arts, um, we're, a, we're an afternoon program space where, again, big stuff is happening um, in the arts. And then the last thing I'd say is just in a general sense, stories and storytelling um, is just critical to the human experience even just how are you today, the answer to that is a story. And no matter how Zoom-oriented we get, TikTok-oriented, there's still a need to express ourselves through stories and learn about each other through stories. And I think that's a big part of why uh, our work still resonates.
0: The powerful response. And again, I think it speaks to why students become so attracted uh, to theater. Um, So in addition to having a lot of fun, which is clear that's going on, what are some of the skills or capacities that you're trying to inculcate through participation in theater at Nobles?
1: Empathy, collaboration, creativity, love, respect for self, respect for others, self-confidence, courage. All things that apply if you work with us again, or you never do.
0: Mm-hmm. And you seems like you have both ends of the spectrum, which is, I think, probably also pretty unique in comparison to some of our other co-curricular activities or afternoon programs. So, for those that are coming in, you you know, you mentioned especially for those that have little experience in theater, what are some of the challenges or obstacles that you sometimes observe for students again who are or theater novices?
1: I think it's easy to look around at nobles at a lot of spaces and a lot of kids and see how polished they seem to be and confident and to look at them and think, that's not me. I can't do that. Um, And it makes sense. We are admitting a limited number of students And we are looking for kids who have passions and are good at things and like to work hard. And yet, we're serving young people as a school. They are, by definition, here to learn. It's problematic, when I think, when people, kids, look at things and think, I can't do that. You know, you you might be 14 or 17. Let's be careful about deciding what you can't do Mm -hmm. as opposed to haven't done yet or aren't don't know whether you can do it or not or would enjoy it or not. So I think when people look sometimes at our, at our shows, they can't imagine that they'd be capable of it. Uh, and then get some of the people in the show, it could be the first one of their life or their first one since a school play in fourth grade. Um. So I think that's one barrier. I think the increased specialization of kids is a challenge. Right now, with the fall production, we have an assistant stage manager and an actor who are first time with the NTC. One's a junior, one's a senior. Both are varsity athletes. This used to be more the norm uh, with that kind of crossover, and now it's the exception. Mm-hmm. uh and there's reasons for that that really make sense but there's a lot of downside to it and then the last thing i'd say is that students sometimes feel if not social pressure because i i think all the all work is respected around the school i don't think kids are like mocked for doing Theater, I hope that's, I hope I'm right, Uh, unlike at some other places in the present or or past. Um, But you still are looking at kind of what your friends do in a natural way. And if your friends, or most of your friends, or most kids are not doing theater or not doing fill in the blank activity or program, it's difficult to maybe envision yourself there or to think that it would be fun or, um, yeah. So I think that's a, that's a challenge too.
0: Yeah. And those are huge challenges and sort of brings me to the next question. I mean, you have so much respect, I think, in the school. And I would say when I think about the success, it seems both process and product. So if our listeners have never had a chance to see a Noble's theater production, absolutely phenomenal. And I think Dan was alluding to this. In so phenomenal that if you're a student who's never participated, it might almost feel like, oh, I could never do that. Um, if you're just um, in the audience, feels like Broadway. I'm from Iowa. I might as well see a Broadway show at Nobles. Um, but one of the questions that I had is like, what, when you think about your own leadership and how you've built up a culture here, both with the product and then the process of inculcating a lot of the skills that you're developing, especially for someone looking to get into the profession, what skills do you think are most important To becoming a really successful theater director, able to build a culture like you've built at Nobles.
1: Thanks. And I did not start from scratch, and I did nothing alone. Uh, Kindness, preparation, and hard work, humility, we, not I, directing as coordinating the efforts of a group of people rather than telling people what to do uh willingness to continually take risks and to be weird and embrace (laughs) weirdness because we're all weird (laughs) you know our stories are weird it's true true. Our, our stories are weird You know, and and, uh, we got to be ready to laugh at ourselves and each other and the world in order to look at it honestly uh, and try to make sense of it.
0: So a little bit related to, you know, the key to leadership and and you've alluded to the idea of, you know, forming relationships, humility, kindness, all those things have enabled you to really form incredibly meaningful relationships. And you have, you know, incredibly well-deserved reputation on campus for being able to do that. So especially for educators, whether new in the profession or experienced, what do you think are the keys to building the kinds of long lasting relationships that you do so that, you know, often it's not only students who are here for four or six years, but even beyond that, remain connected and feel so good about the experience that they had in theater here.
1: Again, thank you. I appreciate that. Most of the maybe all of the meaningful and lasting relationships have been forged mostly in the afternoon program. They may have kind of started in the classroom and, and, and kids then showed up for afternoons, but it's the afternoon program where I've been lucky to work with countless students who want to emerge themselves in the rehearsal process and to maximize their opportunities. There are not, they're just, There aren't kids in the afternoon program because they have to be. Um, There are a lot of paths of less resistance. So though I'm one of the adults and often the director, it usually does not feel like I'm teaching the students so much as together we're collaborating toward a common goal. And though we care much more about students learning, connecting, having fun, than we do about how good, like the final product is. However much that can be quantified, the performances in front of the community are real, and as much as they feel like real and scary to me, the average young person, the average person who's walking out on stage instead of watching and listening from the back of the room, um, it's going to be all that, all that realer, all that more high stakes, and they're really special opportunities. I think a lot about how many people are in the room. You know, if there are 150 people in the room for two hours, that's 300 human hours we are taking from their lives. And we want to make the most of our opportunity and the gift of their presence. So go through that five times, 10 times, that whole process with a kid. That's a lot of laughing. That's a lot of hurdles to kind of work through and get over together, and likely a strong connection. Uh, I mm-hmm. I don't know what else, what else it could be. I that it's just doing the work.
0: It's incredibly impressive. I mean, again, the outcome speaks for themselves, and I think again we're speaking a lot about process, uh, transitioning a little bit about product. I know there's a play coming up next month, and especially if you're a local listener. Always worth checking it out, but Dan, I'm wondering if you'd just speak a little bit about what it is, what it's about.
1: Thanks. We're doing a play called Three Days in the Country, which is Patrick Marber, a contemporary playwright and director, just recently won the Tony for directing Tom Top Tom Stoppard's Leopoldstadt in New York. It's his adaptation of the Russian Turgenev's mid-nineteenth-century four-plus-hour play a month in the country and Marber condensed uh, the characters timeline down to just a few days and the uh, audiences or readers timeline down to under two hours, kind of all the action, but not as many words, Uh, 13 characters, a lot of, a lot of oomph and hopefully some laughs. It's got a, Uh, a melodramatic flavor to it. It's larger than life. The stuff they're going through is immense for almost every one of the 13 characters. It's three of the biggest days, if not the three biggest days of their life. Uh, It's got to feel real to the actors and to the audience. And yet for the audience, hopefully they're kind of a step back and they're able to laugh at it, whereas <laughs> the characters are are in the midst of it and their struggle is real. Uh, and hopefully we feel that struggle and also can laugh at the absurdity um, of it and of ourselves in any kind of analogous uh, situations.
0: So it sounds great. And again, it's one thing, hopefully our listeners are enjoying the conversations. One thing to hear about theater at Knowles is another one to see it. So if you can make it, I definitely encourage anybody to, to check that out. Uh, so before we finish, anything else on your mind, Dan, as you think about the future, the school year, what's up?
1: Uh, well, this play worth mentioning, no tickets required, no limited seating. So just come on out. Um, we follow that in our department, with dance concert auditions for the musical Mean Girls, which we're hoping attracts a lot of kids. So, first-timers all the way up. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of, um, then all of our end-of-the-year music concerts. Um, oh, I just read a piece about schools that are going cell phone free. I'm I'm interested in that. I was thinking about how our Excel trips are cell phone free so people can be like really present and engaged in the moment. Uh, and how even just myself included, walking from one building to another, we can be on our cell phones and just I'm just curious about what the pros and cons to that would be. Mm-hmm. um yeah I think that's it except to say that um if I'm misspoke in any way this is actually AI not Daniel Halperin.
0: <laughs> I will this, push back I won't push back a lot on Dan but I can push back and assure our listeners that we are not AI robots it is very this sophisticated is... AI and
1: <laughs> Mike does not want to admit yeah, it, but I any guess. mistakes made here or chat GPT.
0: Yeah, there's the actor. Uh, Daniel
1: would have said it more eloquently. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so then last thing, uh, we're here for everybody. We want to give everybody a home. Uh, We want to bring in uh, a really diverse student company and we want to bring in diverse audiences. We want to express the range of the human experience as much as we can. Uh, to let us all kind of look in the mirror and, and have a laugh and have a cry.
0: Well, Dan, thank you so much. And I just want to reiterate, you know, it, it's been a pleasure speaking about this. And again, it's another thing to be able to actually see it in action. So if you are local, um, hopefully you can make it, whether it be in the fall or the spring. Dan mentioned performances. Uh, you know, we have the musical in the winter. So if you can make it, uh, it brings a lot of our conversation to life. Um, so that's going to conclude our podcast today. I just wanted to. Do uh, shout out some of our other faculty who have been on the podcast. And we have three other podcasts that have happened. So if you get a chance, there's some other really thoughtful educators out there. Really encourage you to listen to those podcasts. And hopefully we will see you next time. Thanks again, Dan. Thank you, Mike.